Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Career Talk with OG. And today, I don't know, I think I, I think she, we might be related here. I think I have my sister from another mother or father. I have no idea. But <laughs> what I do know is Ruby Garcia, obviously, you know, I mean, Garcia's kid, uh, we, we have a popular, I think it's the 10th most common last name in the U.S. now. But today, my uh, friend Ruby is going to be talking to us about some what are some of the things that we can do to get unstuck in our career now i know in the last this last year because of the pandemic some of us we were forced to get unstuck but um you know regardless of what the situation is uh there's also some statistics out there some research been done that there's actually um significant number of people out there that um want to make a change uh, in their career. Um, and whether that change with it is within your organization or maybe you want to do a com- complete career transition, Ruby has a lot of experience. In fact, she is a um, leadership and life transformation coach. And um, I just want to read really quickly a little bit of, uh, about her background and and uh, and then we'll, we'll turn it over to Ruby. But first of all, before, um, uh, one of the things that I love about uh, Ruby uh, style is she really focuses a lot on first getting our inner self in alignment. There's a lot of people that do excellent trainings, but they focus on helping us get our resume right. They're helping us get our cover letter correct or how to have that polished LinkedIn profile. But at the end of the day, you and I are the ones that are going to be doing that interview and we need to feel good about ourselves. But um, Ruby here, before starting her career, uh, coaching career, she spent two decades in professional sales leadership roles for Fortune 500 organizations. Uh, She is known for her innovation and strong relationship building skills, which you're going to see uh, that come through in her personality. And she is also most recognized for training sales teams and producing double-digit growth for contracts over $10 million. Mm-hmm. Ruby, thank you so much for um, being here today on uh, Career Talk with OG. I'm super psyched. Thanks for having me. Yes. So, I mean, uh, let's start off with give people, I mean, I know your story, your background, but um Please give people your background story. Um, and I don't care where you want to go. You can go as far back as you want, or you can just go as far back as an hour. But give us the background story, my friend. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of give you a little overview of my of my own career tra- trajectory, just so you kind of get an understanding. Like, I, I know what it's like to, to be stuck, and it's why I um, – feel compelled to share with other other people, you know, some of the things that I learned so they're not stuck as long as I was uh, throughout certain periods. So I spent about um, the first half of my career really was was pretty stable. I, I, uh, I'm a first generation college graduate. Um, 
you know, got my bachelor's degree, went on to pursue my master's degree and um, spent about, I don't know, a little over 15 years working in Fortune 500 organizations. Um, I, you know, it was, I was first, first generation working in a corporate environment. So there were a lot of kind of things that I had to navigate. And um, fortunately, I was lucky to really have some good mentors. And there were times where I, I struggled to kind of, uh, to fit in, to, to really, you know, um, there, were, there were parts where I felt like I didn't belong. And, but for the most part, I really loved corporate life until yeah. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> until I did it. Um, so about, I think it's about seven years now, I, w I started going through a transition. I decided, um, I honestly, I went through some personal life changes. Um, so I was, it was a little bit of, um, quite frankly, I had achieved what you call the American dream, right? I had the house, I had the degrees, you know, nice car, nice things. I was married. I had two kids. Well, actually, I had one one, and I was I had my second on the way. And um, then I was going through a divorce. And going through a divorce kind of has you rethinking everything um, about what's important and you know what do you want to be. And I'm here. I'm going to be a mother of two children on my own. And so I decided. Um, that I wanted to do something meaningful and that I was going to look into coaching. And because at, in my corporate life, there were people that were, you know, looking to me and asking me to mentor them. And I thought, you know, maybe this will be a nice little side hustle that I'll do. And so I went through a one year um, leadership and life coaching program. And in addition to kind of learning how to coach, I was actually being coached. So I was doing the work myself. So that way I could understand, you know, what my clients might be going through too. And um, so I, you know, completed that program and I'll never forget it. It was um, March, 2000, was it 2015? And I was talking with my own coach and we were, we were coming up with our, I, we were kind of co-creating my, my goals. And I said, I'm going to create a one year exit strategy out of corporate. So in one year, you know, I'll leave corporate and I'm going to pursue coaching um, full time. And I kid you not, the very next morning I got a phone call and our, our team was being laid off. Um, oh, wow. I guess I'm an awesome manifester because boom, it was like that. <laughs> um, and so I, I went into coaching a lot quicker than I expected. And, you know, if I'm really honest, it wasn't easy the first time around because there was a big mind shift for me that from going from employee um, to entrepreneur, there's a lot of growing pains with that. A lot of things that you have to be prepared for mindset, you know, the, the work that you're taking on because you are, you know, the salesperson, you're the CEO, you're the yes. marketing, you're like, you're doing everything. Yes. And so honestly, I was kind of over like a little bit in over my head and it, it kind of flopped. So then um, I changed directions and I took a, uh, I did a bunch of kind of random things, but then I really, I really fell in love with this idea of um, this fellowship and it was uh, through an organization called Foster America. And it was basically leading foster care reform projects. Um, mm. And so I pursued it. It was a seven month process. Like 
intense. There were, you know, group interviews, Mac interviews. Um, it was seven months long to give you an idea. I interviewed with like, in one day, I interviewed with over 30 people to give you an, an idea of the intensity. Oh <laughs> um, you know, it was short of asking me for my DNA. And I was, yeah, it was insane. Um, but I, I, two things. One, I, I ended up getting, you know, I was ended up being awarded um, the fellowship. I was one of 10 out of 300 applicants. And um, so that was amazing. And the process itself taught me a lot that going through, like, I really think it, the, it ended up teaching me a lot about my character and developing me. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Um, yeah. But really that process, it helped to refine me. And wh what do you know? I only ended up being in the fellowship for six months. I hated it. It was the worst thing ever. Um, the fellowship was awesome. Let me just clarify. The fellowship was awesome. I just hated the role. It was wrong company, wrong fit. You know, it just, it wasn't for me. So I moved, sure. um, I was living in DC at the time. I originally was planning to bring my kids to DC and, you know, start our lives there. And instead I said, Hey, guess what? We're moving to North Carolina and uh, <laughs> totally different. I had nothing in North Carolina, no friends, no, no family, no job. But I figure if I have to start my life over, I might as well go somewhere warm. Um, and so, you know, we, I, I packed whatever fit in my car, like literally whatever fit in my car, including my children. And we came to North Carolina and I decided at that point that I really wanted to get back into coaching. And it's, it took a while to be honest, you know, there were little side hustles in between. Um, sure. And right now I'm, I'm really focused on building my practice. I have a lot of clarity about um, my purpose and how I want to yeah. live that out. And so that's really my driving force. So it, you know, it, it's been full of ups and downs and twists and turns. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the, but I've learned from each of it, each situation. And I've learned that all of it has been interconnected because one, you know, one thing that helped me in one role, like ended up driving me to the next role. To the next. Yes, yes, yes. So you said a lot and I'm, and I'm going to come back to uh, several points that you made that are very important. I want to go back to um, when you said that, you know, basically you got tired of the corporate world. What, it, what, what was it about being in a corporate setting that for you just no longer was your cup of tea? So I think, and I'm not sure if others might relate to this, especially coming from immigrant parents, but I, I feel like that's kind of the dream is right. Like, um, sure. you know, getting dressed up and going to an office. And honestly, when I look back, I think a lot of it was about status, you know, that there was a status mm. associated with it. When I started going, and, and to be honest, like I don't, I didn't really pick going into corporate because I, I went to, um, I completed university like later. I was, you know, I, I should be a PhD student <laughs> as long as I was in school. Okay. So I, uh, you know, went to like community college and then I took long breaks and then I would take one class here. And so I was like 30 by the time I graduated with my bachelor's and like 34 or something like that. Um, when I graduated with my master's. So, you know, I ended up happening to fall into it. Like the first company I've ever worked for was GE Capital. It's a really strong company. And sure. I was just really fortunate to find opportunities and then just kind of keep moving up and then moving to different companies because, you know, one of my leaders really 
loved me and mentored me. And then when they'd leave, they'd say, hey, come over to this company. And so I would follow them. Um, but I never really actively made a choice that is like, I never asked myself, is this actually what I want to do? Right. And, yes. Yeah. So that was the big thing is like, I was just doing it because it was, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time, but I never questioned it. And when I started going through the coaching program, I, you know, like, let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Cause I, I think you're touching on a very important uh, piece here. Why do you think you just went along and not question things or question the path that you were on? I mean, I think part of it was, I mean, I was making more than my parents made, you know what I mean? And I was achieving and, um, you know, I was doing well. And by all accounts, I was successful. And so it just seemed like, I I don't know, it's almost like you're, you're on autopilot is what it is, or I was on autopilot. So I think that that was the thing I was on autopilot and I never slowed down enough to think, is this what I want? Yeah, because what you're saying reminds me of, and again, I'm listening to you, but I'm also doing, and I always do this every time, you know, I have guests here. I always do some self-reflection as I'm listening here because, I, you know, I think a lot of it is has to do with cultural, right? Is it's um, our parents didn't have much, right? Very little. And so even if it's just a milliliter uh, or, you know, uh, a centimeter, you know, uh, higher up from where a parent, that's a huge step, right? Let alone as you, you know, as you're describing your situation, you're in corporate America, you know, GE Capital, you're right. It's a very respected company and all the other things that come with this responsibility that you're like way up here. But I think too, what's important, and, and again, we'll get into it in a little bit later here, is that how we can feel unfulfilled Yes. Or that it's not, you know, we realize and that what we are doing, quite frankly, isn't bringing us happiness. And I think sometimes, too, with that comes also, and I don't know, you, you can share if you experience this, but sometimes internally for those of us that are first-gen professionals, I don't care what your ethnicity is, okay, but just first-gen professional is, is that we wonder if we're being ungrateful. Yes. Yes. I I completely relate to that because I remember, um, like I very distinctly remember thinking to myself, I have everything. I have more than my family could have ever wanted for me. Like all the sacrifice that my parents went through, the, the struggles my mom did, you know, to make sure that I got ahead. And it, it, it did, it felt, it felt ungrateful. And I felt, and that made me feel shameful too, that, you yeah. know, because I felt like, man, like I shouldn't be having these feelings, but you, you hit it on the head is that what I, um, when I did actually stop and slow down, which is really when I started doing my own personal transformation is I realized that that didn't provide me any meaning. Like there was, I didn't yeah. feel fulfilled. I didn't feel meaning. I felt I always felt like there was something deeper in my soul. I know that's a little woo-woo, but I really did. I felt like there was something more for me. And 
Um, and that's not to say that like corporate is bad. I think there are people that right. certainly could, you know, feel fulfilled. But for me personally, I felt there was something more and I felt um, I felt a little tra trapped or boxed in by corporate. And so yeah. I really, it didn't feel like I could be a full expression of myself in that mm -hmm. type of environment. And so I really wanted to feel um, fulfilled and I wanted to be excited and I wanted to make a difference and, you know, impacting, you know, making positive impact was always something really important to me. That's why I even went into coaching because I thought there was an mm -hmm. opportunity to be able, you know, to help other people and, and um, get them to a place where they feel empowered about their own lives. Sure. By the way, Ruby, um, I don't know if you see the comment here that's highlighted right now, but you're definitely have some people that are listening here, watching, and uh, they're totally relating to your story. You know, with Maria saying, oh, Ruby, I was there too, robot autopilot life without feeling happiness. Um, you mentioned about having a mentor or some mentors. One of the questions that in my training said um, uh, that I do, uh, that, I, that I oftentimes get is, how do we how do we approach a mentor? How do we get a mentor? Um, can you speak on that? Like, what what advice would you give someone who says, "Yeah, you know, I, I understand having a mentor is important, but like, how do I get a mentor? How do I approach someone to see if they want to be my mentor?" Yeah, build relationships, build relationships, build relationships. Like, mm -hmm. if you want a mentor or a sponsor like build the relationships. So, and I mean, outside of your department too. And I would really encourage people to find more than one. I've always had mentors that have been like, I've, I've always had mentors in my professional life and I've had them in my personal life too. And I think it's really important because um, each mentor is going to provide a, a different perspective, but I really think it, you know, if you want to have that, if you, if you want to find a mentor, that it's really about building a relationship, seeing who you have some rapport with. Is there someone that you want to learn, you know, learn from? Is there someone that's gone down the path and kind kind of, you know, help you navigate your way down your path? Um, and I, it, you know, it's it, I think sometimes we don't get because we don't ask. Yes. So ask, ask yes. you know. Yes, yes, yes. yes. 100% agree with you. I've always said that if, if you don't ask, we know what the answer is going to be going to be no right and um i also agree with you too as well uh ruby about the importance of building those relationships and um i mean earlier before you and i came on you know we were talking about um it, you know the, the how in this last year um you know almost 100 percent of the relationships that we built have been online and they stayed online right because of the mm -hmm. pandemic but the same fundamental principles that we use in person to build relations, it's the same thing that you use online. Um, now, the other, the other, the next, the next area that I want to go into that you touched upon is, you know, what this life changing um, experience that you went through, you know, your divorce and, you know, being, um, having already a child and then being pregnant uh, with your second, um, any advice that you have, Ruby, for people that um, so that we are more proactive in making changes or, or having the courage to, to make changes? Because um, 
I mean, human nature, most of us wait until a life situation happens. It's like my dad. My dad was an alcoholic. Okay, I talk about this. And the entire time, we, the family told him, don't drink, stop drinking, because, you know, this and that and so forth. And the day that he stopped drinking was when he had a heart attack and he went under, underwent quadruple bypass heart surgery and he almost died. That's when he stopped drinking. Yeah. And so, again, a major life situation, right, that got him to the... But to your to again to my question is how about is there any any tips any advice that you can give people so that you don't have to go through something like that? Yeah. To make those changes. Yeah, I you know I mean the biggest thing I would say is just stop and pause. Like stop and pause. And the question that I would would ask is or or the reflection that i might um encourage is for someone to reflect on like who do they want to be in this world you know like mm -hmm. you know imagine yourself you know as 80 as an 85 year old person like what do you want your legacy to be what is it that you want to leave behind and um it's usually not usually doesn't have as much to do with our career as we think right yeah. um what's the you know like, who do you want to be remembered as? You know, I always think that, like, with my kids, um, I have, I usually have it on my desk, but I, I moved it, so I don't have it right here. But I have a very clear vision of that, that I read on a daily basis to remind me of um, of how I want to be remembered and, and, and who I want to be known for. And I think that that's more important, like, the, the the being of it is more important than the doing. Um, mm -hmm, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I think it's get, like get yourself off the hamster wheel and just stop and think like, you know, like what do I want out of life? Who do I want to be? Like jot it down on paper and then ask yourself, what do I need to do to to uh, to embody this new way of being like, what do I need to, to do to um, have the outcomes that I want in life? Because the reality is most of, most of us will say like, I'll do it tomorrow, mañana, mañana, or someday. And you know what? <laughs> the someday train is going by, right? <laughs> I mean, it is gone. And, and, you know, if nothing shifts, if you don't shift today, you're going to be in the exact same place that you are today in a year. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, that mañana. Yes, I'm guilty of that uh, myself um, as well on, on some things here. Um, so stop and pause. Stop and pause. Folks, that is like so simple, okay? Stop and pause, okay? Just like if you don't get anything else of, of Ruby's amazing tips, <laughs> at least get those two words. Stop and pause, okay? Um, but um, Ruby, let's talk now about some some tips, some advice that you can give people again to help them. And you've already shared some of these things, okay? Mm -hmm. But, you know, some additional tips or maybe if you want to elaborate on some of the things that you've already said to help people get unstuck, move forward, you know, have the, the courage to, you know, go to the boss and say, hey, you know what, I think uh, I want to take on a new responsibility or, you know what, maybe go to the boss and say, you know, hey, boss, I have an eye problem. I can't see working here any longer type of thing, whatever that is. Okay. So what it, what, what advice would you, uh, would you give people here to help them get unstuck in their careers? Yeah. 
One is just, first of all, just to get clarity. Like you need to have clarity and self-awareness yourself before you can you, you can do anything, right? Because you can't go to your boss and make requests if it is, if you don't know what you want, or you can't think about starting your own business, or you can't, you know, there's nothing there. You've got to start with like um, a couple things I would say is like, check your, check your attitude first, check your attitude. Some of us need to really, you know, work on that a little, a little more, um, you know, mindset, 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 mindset. That's another one because you got to be in the right mindset um, to, you know, be growth oriented, not looking at failure as, um, you know, reframing failure is, is opportunity or, okay, there's a gap in here. I got to move forward. Um, you know, I think there's some stuff around like letting, letting go or forgiveness too, because I think that that is something that I see comes up quite often that we get stuck of maybe something that happened in the past. And so we can't move forward or where there's bitterness or resentment. So it's like letting go, getting complete um, so that you can move forward even from, this is a little woo woo, but like checking your energy too, because if you have, like, if you're operating from a place of fear or, apathy um and you're trying to get into your next role it's not like you people feel that you know people feel that and they can tell when you show up i mean you can get on a zoom call and you can you can feel that through through zoom yeah. right? like you don't even yeah. need to be in the same room and so yeah. um you know cleaning up your energy and you can do things like um to help you with that like gratitude is a great practice because when you're in a state of gratitude you um, you can't be in a negative state at the same time, like from a like neuroscience perspective, the two can't coexist. So sure. gratitude, even if it's like today, I'm thankful that, you know, I opened my eyes like today. I'm thankful that I am able to walk out of bed. There are people that can't do that. So just getting into yeah. gratitude around even the smallest things. Um, stop making excuses. You know, like mm -hmm. you're your life, your career is the way it is because that's the way you've had it. Mm -hmm. Can't blame your boss. Can't blame the parents. Can't blame the partner. Like you have it be the way it is, and so you have to take you have to take ownership of that and say like, "Hey, if if I'm not happy with my life or I'm not happy with my career, then it's up to me, you know, to change that around." Um, and then, you know, a couple other things I would just say is like investing in yourself, making yourself a priority, uh, you know, whether that's professional development or personal transformation work, um, you know, doing things that are going to help you get ahead. Uh, let me think what else. I mean, those are those are some of the, the ones that I'd say is like, um, oh, and then self-care. Self-care is the other one. Like, I think. Yes. You need to practice self-care. And I think like from a cultural perspective, you know, I don't know that we're always doing that. Um, you know, is, we're a very collective community, but we really need to make sure that we're sourced so that we can provide from the overflow, not from an empty cup. Yes, yes, yes. Um, love all the points that you brought up. I want to I want to go back to one of the points that you mentioned, and that is reframing. And I took some notes here. Reframing failure. I think 
regardless, I mean, our gender, our ethnicity, many of us are just afraid of, of trying something, are afraid of, of failing. How, how, how can we avoid or embrace that, that fear of failure? Because that's, I don't, I don't think any of us are want to fail. Yeah. You know? um, so, so I don't know. I don't know that we can avoid it. What I would say is, don't let fear run the show. Like it's okay to have fear is not necessarily a bad thing. We've made it a bad thing, but fear is it's our brain's way of protecting us, right? Like, yes. um, I can't remember what the I'm forgetting the name, but the front part of our brain it's like it's the lizard brain, right? And it's it's basically meant to keep us keep us safe. So if we're running like going running out in the street and there's a car, like it's what's going to, to have us go the other way, get out of the way. So fear is not a bad thing where it harms us is when we let it run the show. Mm. And so it's like the way that I like to think about it is like, Hey, you can acknowledge your fear and say like, Hey fear, like I see you, I know you're trying to protect me. And, um, and especially if it's something new because your brain does not recognize it. So it's automatically going to go into that fear response. And then like, then make the decision that you're going to lead from another place. Like whether that's from your commitment, whether it's from purpose, like it's okay as long as it doesn't run the show. And then we have to kind of reinvent our relationship to, to failure. Cause I think most of us think of failure as like, you know, bad or negative or uh, yucky, but like, it's just the thing I would say about failure is that um, failing does not mean that you are a failure. Mm -hmm. Like it just means that there's like a gap or that there's something that you need to, that that you need to work on. It's not, it's failure is not an identity that we take on. It's just kind of an outcome, right? And we can look at it as like, oh, okay, failing is, um, is me practicing how to master something. Failure Mm -hmm. is like, um, something that I can have fun doing, believe it or not. Like sometimes it's fun to like, you know, mess up and then try again, depending on what it is, you know, failure is, uh, you know, like me trying new things. Like there's all these different ways that we can think about, um, about failure where it doesn't have to be something negative. And, and one short story that I'll share with you, because I love this, is that um, Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. Yes. And which is like a multi-billion dollar company or something. But I love the story that she tells because what she says is that every Friday, or I don't know if it was every Friday, I don't know where that came out of, or it might have just been every like at dinner time, her dad would ask her, what did you fail at? And then they would celebrate her failure because it meant it was something new. And and so, you know, it's it's no wonder that she ended up being who she is because she wasn't afraid to put herself out there. Okay. And, you know, and the flip side, too, is like we don't ever know our own potential unless we like kind of throw ourselves out there and grow into it. And that's part of the failure. Failure. Failure is part of the process. Yes, yes, yes. Well said, uh, Ruby. And, um, you know, you, like you said, you know, failure is an outcome. It's not our identity. It's not who we are. We're not a failure, you know. So um, 
The other, the other thing that you mentioned is you mentioned about checking our energy and, you know, you mentioned how that comes across, you know, through like Zoom. But, you know, I will tell you too, and is that um, I picked up your energy just by looking at your LinkedIn account and more importantly, your posts, because through your posts, uh, and folks, I encourage you to like, connect with uh, Ruby and follow her because she has some amazing content uh, and very uplifting, very positive. And, and that's what I what, what, what drew me to your post because you basically are, one, putting yourself out there. Two, you're doing it from this position of you're encouraging, empowering, helping other people to do the same thing. And so I felt your energy through you you know, your content. Ah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt that. Um, because listen, I've also seen on the other end of the spectrum where you, same thing, you feel the energy and it's like, ah, gee, this person is angry. You know, this person That's is true. upset. You know, this person just kicked the dog, okay? You know, type of thing. So um, the other the other point that you brought up is and I want to. I want you to talk elaborate a little bit more, and that is self care. You are, are a single mom with two two kids, so I'm sure, like many, you know, moms, working moms, single moms, and, and just you know, moms of professional uh, in the professional setting. I mean, how in the heck does someone uh, you know have with so many responsibilities find time to for self care? Yeah. Um, self-care is a priority. So I actually wake up extra early before my kids just so that I can have space to myself. I'll journal, I'll meditate, um, you know, I'll set my intentions for the day. I think it is really important to make the space for that. When you actually create the space for the self-care, um, you will have more capacity to take on more during your day because you'll you'll be filled up. You won't be coming from a place of like, I'm burned out, I don't have any energy, I'm super tired, I can't do this. When you actually take the time to, to source yourself, then you can pour back out and, and things get done faster. Um, on the days that I don't do that, I I feel myself depleted. And there, there are some, mm -hmm. I also think, you know, that's part of it is just making it a priority. And then I, I also think there's really practical things that we can do, like say no, for example. Yes. Like say no or move things. Sometimes it's like, I can't do that now, but, you know, let me know in the future. I would love to do it. Or, um, you know, for example, I actually this week was a little crazy for me because I have um, my mom and my sister's mother-in-law here. I called both my kids' grandmas are here in yes. town, and um, you know I'm, I'm I I do have an office job too that I'm transitioning out of. But in the meantime, that I'm managing the office this week. Um, my kids, it's my kids' last week of school. You know, I'm coaching, so my schedule is really full this week, and I. I found myself like thinking, man, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy by the end of the week. And so I just shifted some things around and I said, you know what? I don't want to come to this hall depleted and I want to have my like be able to provide my like show up in the best way. And this is not something that's urgent. So let me reaccommodate things. And it it works. But 
I don't know why there's this reluctance sometimes for some of us to do that. And it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like give you, you don't need my permission, but people, I'm, I'm giving you permission. Like, <laughs> it's like you can say no, you can say later, you can reaccommodate things and it's okay to do that. And you're going to feel 10 times better when you do, and you're going to be able to show up, you know, when we talk about like the energy, you're going to be able to show up from um, like a, a cleaner, pure space with like, you know, uh, just showing up with like showing up as your best self, as opposed to like run down and, you know, like, Oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to be here. Right. Like, Hey, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in North Carolina. So it's, what time is it over there? 630, 39. But like, I have the energy because I made the space for myself today because I knew it was going to be a little later. And so I just, you know, I, I set that intention to create it. And so I could show up and be here with you guys tonight, you know, yeah. and I'm super excited to be here. No, well, thank you. Thank you no, for, for doing this. And, um, you know, prioritize it. You remind me of, um, of um, a, a previous manager um, once said, your priority is not my priority. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's true, right? Sometimes people come, to us with like, I need this done or whatever, or, you know, obviously it's different if it's in, a, you know, your boss yeah. or whatever, but, but uh, generally speaking, it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're right. We have to kind of step back. It's like, wait a minute, just because it's urgent to you, doesn't mean all of a sudden I have to embrace, you know, your urgency, sense of urgency. Yeah. And if you right. notice, oh, sorry. If you no, notice, no, go ahead. If you notice sometimes too, some people are really good at holding boundaries. And so people won't bombard them because they like they know not to ask them or they know to give yeah. them. A, so we train other people like how to interact with us. Yes. Um, consider if, if you feel like you're always getting taken advantage of or like, you know, things keep being pushed on to you or you're taking extra workload. Like, you know, uh, I'm not saying that there's stuff that can't be, you know, discussed or whatever, but also look within yourself and, and ask yourself like, you know, how have I contributed to this? Um, because it's okay to, for example, if you're in like a corporate environment, it's okay to say to your leader, um, you know, you're asking me to do X, Y, and Z, and I have A, B, C on my plate. I have capacity for this amount of stuff. What would you like me to prioritize? Sure. And, and letting them know that that's, that is perfectly acceptable. Yes, yes, yes. Well said. And it does take some courage, obviously, to to do what you said. But I think like you to the earlier point is that we basically teach other people how to, you know, train them, or excuse me, how to treat us, yeah. you know, type of thing. not train us, uh, treat us. But um, no, that's awesome. Ruby, you have some great information, content tips. I love it. Um, wonderful, amazing story as, as well, uh, overcoming many challenges. And I think we have your website up. Um, Angelica, who does an amazing job behind the scenes. I think she's going to pull it up here so we can um, um, share it. Here we go. It's coming up here. So um, uh, I believe it's uh, rubygarcia.com, right? Mm-hmm. So, Ruby, I mean, like, how lucky can you get, right? Like, that domain was not taken. RubyGarcia.com. <laughs> it actually became available this year. I've been, like, trying to get it for, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it just came up, and I was like, I want it. 
<laughs> yes, yes. No, well, we're highlighting right now uh, your website there. But folks, do check out uh, Ruby's website for a lot of uh, information on the various services regarding leadership, life, lifestyle coaching, um, feminine leadership, okay, how to be a chingona, how to be a badass, okay, like, you know, there's information there. Uh, definitely uh, check out her, her website. Again, rubygarcia.com. Uh, but uh, Ruby, any final thoughts that you would like to leave us with, share with uh, the audience on uh, getting unstuck or, you know, or, or just um, some final words of wisdom? Yeah, I think um, a couple things. One I would just say is like, you know, take ownership, like own your part in it, um, own your power is the one that I'm like always saying. It's just like own your power. It's not something that comes outside. It's not from outside. It is something from within. You don't need to. It's already there. So use that. And then the only other thing when it comes to careers, because I know that, you know, it it can be hard if you're job seeking in particular or, or things out, aren't working out. You feel like you're in a dead end. And I just want to remind people that they are so much more than their jobs. They, um, you know, a job is something that you do, but it, it isn't who you are. You are deserving. You are worthy. You are loved. And um, I know that there is, you know, society can put a lot of status on, on you know, career titles and salaries and all of yes. that. Um, but you have purpose and, and you're meant to be here regardless of, of your job situation. And I just always feel like that's uh, an important message. Um, your worth is far more than any job. Absolutely. 100% uh, agree with you. And um, we're actually right now, Looks. do you have a, a webinar coming up? It looks like. Yeah. So I have a master class happening next Thursday night. Um, it's it's geared more towards women who really want to tap into their power. And we're going to be having a conversation around um, power, purpose and divinity. So, uh, you know, we're going to get into a little of the spiritual stuff and just really how do we how do we use that to accelerate our lives and, you know, um, kind of awaken the warrior within. So so to speak. So that'll be a good time. And that's next Thursday. It's a free master class. So if anyone wants to join. Um, I think Angelica is putting the the uh, link in there, but I'd love to have you. Yes, yes, and it's yes, folks. And the the link is also in the chat, so definitely check it out. Um, it's a free masterclass, uh, so uh, wonderful. And uh, by the way, um, there's a comment here. You know, thank you, Ruby, for all the consejos. So I'm telling you, Ruby, people love you. Okay, so you got some great stuff uh, out there. Um, Ruby, I want to again thank you for being on Career Talk with OG. I'm glad we connected here via LinkedIn. Um, I love the content. I love the attitude. I love that that um, energy that that comes through in your content. And um, um, you know, uh, you are you're just an amazing person. So thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing to uplift and help uh, other people find that war within them. So thank you very much, uh, Ruby. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Career Talk with OG. All right. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspedaconsulting.com. Thank <laughs> you.